Hey B! Oh fancy meeting you here! Do you want to record an episode of our Criminal Minds podcast, Wheels Up? Chains, I would love to record an episode for our Criminal Minds podcast, Wheels Up. Do you want to elaborate on what you just said and tell me where here is? Where in the rich fiction of the Wheels Up podcast universe have we met today? Because you said fancy meeting you here, and now I want to know where we are. We're in the sky, flying alongside the BAU jet. They said wheels up, and we said okay, and we leapt into the air, ready to ride along. (laughs) I've done some great audio editing this episode, so you guys don't hear the wind that's just whipping past our microphones as we are traveling at mock speeds in our regular human bodies. (laughs) B worked some magic. We're sitting on that plane. You don't even hear the wind. It's beautiful. Can you hear the gull? (laughs) The gull squawking beside us. Both of us are on one wing and we're yelling at each other across Across the the entire plane. (laughs) (laughs) That's this podcast. See, I'm sitting on one wing with my laptop and Zoom open and you're on the other wing with your laptop and Zoom open and recording the podcast from either side of the plane. <laughs> well, now I'm gonna need to like Photoshop that into existence. Oh my god, please. That's so fucking funny. That'll be our Wheels Up merch. It'll be like a jet facing like the shirt, you know, like the front of the jet. And you can see us with our headphones on and either wing like posing. And it just says like wheels up, but the letters are block letters and they're blue, blue with clouds in the letters, you know, so it looks like the sky. <laughs> you can't. No, 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 no. like that it's... when I've just taken a drink. You can't do that to me. That's cruel. <laughs> it's no, I figured it out. It's a sky blue shirt and the mm-hmm. wheels up are bubble letters that are the clouds. Oh, my God, James, you're a genius. I'm a genius. Now. I'm going to need to make that into existence. I can, I can probably convince someone to draw that for us. Now that we have disembarked into the sky of wheels up and criminal minds, why don't we talk about season one, episode nine, Derailed? I like that we're in the sky for this episode. This episode, though, only happens firmly on the ground. This episode is the most grounded episode, but we are in the sky. <laughs> Birds flying high. Stop. You know how I feel. <laughs> Sun in the sky. You know how I feel. That's all I know of that song. Oh, and I am feeling good. <laughs> I only remember that song from that one episode of Person of Interest. Is it in Person of Interest? It is in Person of Interest. Um, yeah, it it starts out as like some dude whistling and then it goes into the full song and honestly kind of fucking hits. Like the I way love, they did that slaps so hard. I love a non a diagenic sound that morphs into a non-diagenic sound. Yeah, that's my um, favorite shit. Yeah. Should we talk about a much worse show, Criminal Minds? <laughs> we should. Um, but for you listeners, because I'm sure we will talk about diagenic sounds again, a diagenic sound is a sound that exists within the world of the show. So like someone's driving and there's a song playing on the radio, that's diagenic. 
non-diagenic is like the soundtrack. Yeah. No one in the show can hear the sound. Um, there's your little little tips and tricks for you. You're welcome. Welcome to film school with B and James. We teach you all you need to know about you know, how you know to where properly I hate on TV shows. Do you know where I learned that? Where? Um, a YouTube review of Camp Rock. <laughs> Woohoo! Birds flying high. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll I'll settle. <laughs> this episode starts with JJ walking into Hodge's oh, office looking so fucking cute. Queen. I don't know what they did with her wardrobe. This this episode looks like three different people decided on her wardrobe and none of them could decide. So it's like it's just one whatever. person. It's like one person was like, well, you're just a lesbian, right? So they put her in like a brown wool suit, wide collar, button down. And then one person was like, I mean, she's kind of like fancy, you know, and they gave her like tight princess curls. And then the other person said, I don't know, I think she's kind of basic and gave her like powder blue shimmer shadow. The choices. There were many choices made, and all of them were bad. All but she them. still works it. She still oh, works it. She looks fly as hell, queen. <laughs> she She's also very sassy this entire episode. So the first scene is literally just like JJ walking into Hotch's office like, where's Elle? And Hotch is like, oh, she's going to Texas to do a custodial interview with William DeVries um, for the BICAP. And JJ's like, the child murderer? Elle is going by herself to question the child murderer? Like, Which I so love new. that they call him the child murderer because, not to make anybody depressed or anything, there's a lot of people who murder children. Like, now I want to know about this dude. I'm expecting the episode to be about this guy and be like, yeah. what did you do to earn earn the title of the child murderer? Indeed. I just want to know what that dude's whole child deal is besides murderer. obviously murdering children. Yeah. And he's not even like a real person. So like, why do we have to specify? I don't know, whatever. Um, and But JJ's like, she just joined the fucking team. And Hotch is like, Hotch, <laughs> very dramatic for the show, zooms in on Hotch's face and he goes, she'll be fine. Cut to train. <laughs> and, and I gotta say, every time they cut to the train in this episode, oh it made me laugh. I know it's like the point of the episode is the train, right? The yeah. whole episode is called Derailed. Duh. Duh. But also... <laughs> yeah. I So this episode on the DVD had audio commentary so i do have some like behind the scenes notes um and it's a real train they basically had like one little stretch of track and they would film it going to the end and then they would reverse it back to the beginning over and over again that's what they did every single time um they spent six days filming on the train and it's a real train so the only thing they could do to help them film was like move the seats around they couldn't God, like that move sounds walls. So difficult, actually. Yeah, so it was so so cramped, and they had um, lights outside the train, sh- you know, shining inward. And apparently, it was like so fucking hot in the train. Oh like, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't touch the the windows were hot, too hot to touch because oh of the lights God. shining in. So like yeah, all the sweat and... you see is just damn <laughs> sweating in this hot ass train. 
and yeah, the lights would get really hot. But also, I imagine they were probably filming this in L.A., right? Like, they filmed it so in California. Fillmore, California, yeah. Okay. So, like, damn. It's already hot as hell. It's already going to be hot as fuck. And then you add fucking tungsten lights that burn hotter yeah. than the fucking sun. Yeah. And then you and just have everybody is so days. sweaty. Oh, six my days. God. On those like fucking pleather seats. Ugh. Oh, the six actors and then the poor film guy crew. in a suit. The one yeah. guy was wearing a suit the whole time. That was the guy that was like dripping sweat. Yeah, now I understand why he was dripping yeah. sweat. I thought he yeah. was dripping sweat because he was going to murder his wife. But no, apparently he's hot. just dripping sweat because it's hotter yeah. than hell there. And apparently there was like a portable fan. So like between takes, they would like blow the fan. But again, windows were too hot to fucking touch. That's how hot it was in there. Oh, uh, God. Crazy, crazy. And there was only one way in and out of the train. Which was that one X. It's a fucking train. I feel so sorry for like the like, camera operator there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, apparently most of this episode was filmed on a handheld that makes sense. Um, like basically all the scenes in the train were filmed on a handheld and they said it was for movement but it was also like because of how cramped it was yeah yeah and so like they sense. said it makes total sense you get one guy in there with a steady cam well, also you know? <laughs> also at this point in the show i want everybody to know that they were still recording criminal minds on 35 millimeter film which takes up a lot of space because you have yeah. big fucking racks of film on top of the camera and then the cameras are large and boxy. They were using like a fucking Panaflex camera, which is like yeah. two feet big. Like it's... That's why like every time somebody is like hurrying down an aisle, they're like right up on the fucking camera because it's some guy with a camera on his shoulder scrambling backwards <laughs> just, to just not get hit. Just shuffling back as quick as he can. Yeah. Oh man. Whoever was the fucking camera op in that train deserved more than he got paid. I guarantee MVP. And they had to film each scene three times because there was the one with the real camera and then they had to film it for the feed. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would film the real scene with the real camera and then they would film it from one end of the train for that direction and then from the other end of the train for the other feed camera. Oh God. So it was just like long days. Oh, like this episode was filmed in eight days. Six days of it was on the train. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so apparently like one funny thing I thought that was funny was that the seats are, you saw how the seats were like beige and red in yeah. on the train. So that was the only set thing they could move was to get rid of seats. And apparently at one point they like almost lost track of like which seats went where. Because they were like taking them out and having to put them back. The but they, they said their set dresser was like on it. That set dresser was like, I was born to do <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. That as, set dresser as an assistant earned... stage manager yeah. who takes, like, I take pride in my, like, I was born to fold this suit into this box. I can just imagine <laughs> that guy is like, this was my God given purpose to track these fucking chairs. And he did it. Good good for Guaranteed, him. Guaranteed. Like, yeah, smartest person on that set that day was that galaxy brain fucking set dresser oh. who was like, I know exactly how these seats were laid out. Don't worry, Everybody guys. shut the I've fuck up. This. I'm putting these seats back. Yeah. Um, so fucking funny. <laughs> so JJ's looking cute as hell. And then we cut to the train. I also, like, it made me laugh that, like, at this point, people would have, like, TV guides. 
So imagine you like open your TV guide and you're like, oh, this episode is named Derailed. Okay, interesting. And then you're watching the episode and Hotch says, it's going to be fine. And then it cuts to a train and you're like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Derailed. Oh, no. Like. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. What I love is that they took no yeah. time getting to the train. They're like, no. we know that you all know the name of this episode. Yeah. We get it. They we went. Get it. They went. Where's Al? Out of town, Texas. By herself? She's fine. We're on a train. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It was so quick. So fast. Um, okay. I wrote down what we got. So we get introduced to these characters twice, right? Mm-hmm. We get the beginning when we see their like backstory clip, voiceover yeah. nonsense. And then we get the information from Garcia. So, Which I like that they do a sort of like background voiceover like, hey, this guy drives drunk and crashes cars constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they immediately conflate that with this woman is going to get an abortion. And I don't love that they I were immediately just that. like, yeah, these are equal. <laughs> like, it was very it weird. It was weird. So, okay, so let's go through them. Yeah. So we have Josh, who's the young guy. Um, there's he's like a, a flashback guy. to him. Like he like crashes his car and then he's like lying on the ground, continuing to drink out of his yeah. bottle. And the voiceover is like, hey, dad, guess what? I crashed another car. And the dad's like, are you drinking? You're not allowed to come home. And then it cuts to like him on the train. Yeah. And you're like, okay, to the point. Next. Okay. This woman, the pregnant woman, we do not get her name. Her name is Elaine. It is Elaine. We don't get it though for a solid like 40 minutes. Yeah, they really don't. The only reason I knew it is because it says on the subtitles when they start speaking, it oh. says the character's name. Well, That's they, the only reason I knew her name until Garcia, they did Garcia's Garcia tells intros. Her, tells us her name, but like, I have six pages, I mean full front and back to the bottom pages of notes, and we find out her name. One, two, three, four, four pages it takes. For them to give us this poor woman's name. But what we get is she's wearing a, the gaudiest fucking cross necklace. And she like holds her stomach in a way that can only mean I'm pregnant. And then it like flashbacks to her like in the bathroom looking at her pregnancy test. And the voiceover is like, come on, let's get married. I'll help you raise him. She's like, no, I'm going to El Paso to take care of it. Which like... You you do what you need to do. I mean, yeah, also, no. Live your life, do whatever you want. Live but your also, life, like, do whatever you want. They, they frame it so in a really things. weird way. Yes, like they show us the cross, and then she's like, "No, I'm gonna go get an abortion," and that's literally all the backstory we get for her. Even later, they're like, "She has no credit cards." I she don't know. Has this nothing. Is. It's really, yeah, it's a really weird framing that they did there with her. Because oh, it, it feels she's like they're sort trying of like to, like... Culty, like, she's, like, escaping her religion to go, like, get an abortion. But then, like, if she was that religious, she wouldn't have had but unprotected also, premarital it, sex. They they kind of say later when she... Later when they do, like, a deeper dive into her, they're like, all we have is her driver's license. 
She has no credit cards, no no passport, no nothing. So yeah. it almost sounds like she's trying to like escape an abusive relationship almost. Yeah. Which is where my brain goes, but they never examined that any further. They're like, we will leave this little thing here and then yeah. we will walk away. <laughs> yeah, they chose like the most interesting way to tell us that this woman was pregnant. I like. Think- Nearly everybody on this train was so interesting, and then they just yeah. never go into any of them. Yeah, so in the in the audio commentary, they talk about how, you know, they you know, they called this a hostage episode. They were like most crime shows have one. Yeah. Um and I they said that it was important to establish why we even cared about these characters right from mm-hmm. the start. And that's why they gave them these like backstories. Which I, I really feel, like. Which I really like, but I was like, now I want to just watch an episode of these people. <laughs> yeah. I want to see all of these people in like a buddy sitcom, yeah. like unlikely roommates in a one bedroom apartment <laughs> in New York. Jesus. Like I want to watch them. Yeah, it was like so funny. James, I also want to say you have six pages of notes. I have 12 bullet points. <laughs> no. I have 12. Well, you've got your nice thoughts and I'm the one who lays out the episode. That's Listen, true. You, you do, do most all, of you the do work. the editing and the posting. I That's do true. the pre-production. You're post-production. I'm pre-production. That actually works because I just sit here. I just sit down, fucking drink my smoothie, watch the episode, and then uh-huh. come in here like, "What's up?" I watched this episode twice: once without the audio commentary, and then once with it. Um, yeah, boyfriend proposed. She's going to El Paso for her version. Next is that very sweaty businessman. This unfortunately sweaty businessman. Oh, dripping wet with sweat. Now that you've said that the set was just so hot, I'm like, okay, it makes sense why he's dripping sweat. But before, I thought this guy was just going to, like, murder his wife or his ex-wife. So here's the funniest thing about that, I think, is that um, I thought he was going to commit suicide when i first saw it that was my assumption fair sweaty man with gun and tragic backstory it can only go two ways yeah because she was like yeah it was like literally like one or two ways to go because the his flashback is just him in his bedroom picking up the gun and it's like i'm leaving you harold i when you come back i won't be here bye um which is like, okay, um, okay, cool, I guess. Um, and then we see the gun, Chekhov's gun, in his briefcase. We see Chekhov's An actual gun. Chekhov's gun. We use a Chekhov's, we use Chekhov's something very often in Criminal Minds, uh, in, this, in this podcast, because Criminal Minds uses at least one an episode. I don't know if we ever explained it. Let me explain what, what that is, basically. Yeah. So Chekhov is a playwright, a Russian playwright. He wrote The Seagull, he wrote... Uh, the Cherry Orchard, he wrote, um, what's the one with the sisters? What's the one with, um... Russian plays are unfortunately not my specialty. I uh, focus on bad action movies from the 90s. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I can't believe me with my master's degree in theater. I can't fucking remember the name of that Chekhov play. It's really good. You honestly, though, you should, there's a filmed version where they basically just like, they film like a rehearsal of it. Oh, really? Um, It's very good. It's got the actress who plays Erica Hahn in it. And other famous people, but she's the only one that I actually remember. Because <laughs> um, I do stand Erica Hahn. I will fight you. 
about <laughs> Erica Hahn. She's deserved better. Anyway, um, famous Russian playwright. He had a rule, and what it basically boils down to is don't put something on stage that does not need to be on stage. And the reason Chekhov's gun is a thing is because it was basically like, don't put a gun on stage unless that gun is going to be used. So like, if you're doing set dressing, don't put a big shotgun over your fireplace and to just have it be decoration. If there's a gun on stage, you have to shoot it by the third act, essentially. Um, it's a good, and, it's a good sort of like all around like expectations rule of because like right. if you, if you, if you show me a gun on stage, I'm going to expect somebody to get shot at some point. Or right. like, if you make a big deal about it, your fancy alarm clock, I'm going to expect the fancy alarm clock to play in later. But it, it does, Chekhov's gun has sort of, like, yes, it's a stage dressing principle, sort of first and foremost, but mm-hmm. it's really evolved in evolved into this like rule of like, if it's like in James Bond, when he gets all of his fun gadgets at the beginning, you know he's going to use every single gadget because that's just the expectation that they set for you when they, when they do that sequence that yeah. involves Q telling James what all of his weapons are, right? Yeah. So like it's a it's it's stage dressing first, but it's also very much about expectations and about managing expectations yeah. within a piece of media, which is how I think we use it a lot. Yeah, a really clear, I think, um example of this is the movie Stardust. You know, Neil Gaiman like made they made the movie Stardust. Yeah, the girl is like a so. star. I've never seen it, but yeah. Oh, it's really good. So in the beginning, he ends up getting like a container of lightning. And sure. they make this sounds big about thing. par for the course for a Neil Gaiman yeah. for a Neil Gaiman <laughs> joint. Yeah. There's like a, sh- a boat in space and it like collects lightning. That's like what's the whole thing. And he's the That's guy saves insane. it, so they give him some lightning. And he carries this thing on his back the entire show. And like almost to the point where you like forget it's there. And then right at the end of the movie, when you know he has nothing left to fight Michelle Pfeiffer with, he goes, <laughs> wait a minute, and he pulls out the lightning. And there it is, you know, the last yeah. tool. Um, and it also it also is good for working backwards. Don't have someone have something at the end that you haven't introduced already. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to watch a whole movie and have someone go, aha, I had a secret gun this entire time. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, lazy screenwriting, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of what the Chekhov's thing is. And that's why we point it out all the time. Because Criminal Minds loves to say, here's the thing at the top of the episode. And now at the end of the episode, they do use it. So... It's actually, I, I really do enjoy it because I fucking love a good Chekhov's anything. I love a good Chekhov. I think it's just so much fun when they're like, oh yeah, the three body problem. Right. That's it. I mean, it's three. <laughs> how many notes have I made that's like Chekhov's angle gun, Chekhov's three rules of shooting, Chekhov's L being angry. Like, like I, how many times have I written that down? I like love it. Um, <laughs> that's and why it's one of those the things that like- go card, dude. Right. And <laughs> like once you- it's like one of those things that like once you know that's a rule, you see it like everywhere. Like you're watching yeah. a movie and someone like puts their cell phone down and the camera shows us them setting their cell phone down. And you say, okay, that's important for me to know for later, you know? Um, anyway, Chekhov's gun. In the Chekhov's briefcase. gun. And I like what they do with it and we'll talk about it later. Um, and then we have Dr. Linda, who is like a... Well, we just know she's a doctor. She's going to a conference. She's like, this she's was a good somebody, idea. Yeah, she's taking somebody to a conference yeah. in Dallas. 
And she's she, like, she's... apparently somebody else doesn't think that that's a good idea. Yeah. Nameless Which, voice you know? doesn't think that that's a good idea. Uh, were they wrong? Not really. Look what Not happened. terribly. Yeah. And then we have Elle on the train looking at files um, of children. Because remember that guy was a child murderer. Yeah. Um, he was the and, child murderer. Yeah. TM. Yeah. TM. And then we see like a sleepy guy with an old man sitting behind him. And we don't get their backstory. It's just like glazed over. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, and then Elle calls Gideon and they're talking <laughs> and Gideon's like, don't forget to do this. And she's like, okay, dad. <sighs> There's someone on this show. Somebody on this show writers. has some sort of kink that I think they just need to work through in therapy or yeah. in a consensual encounter of some sort. But damn, do they need <laughs> to fucking work through it, dude. It made me laugh. She said that, and I thought I had misheard. He says nothing about it. He does not respond, does not acknowledge it. Um, and then they start cutting out, and he's really got to go. Uh, and then they do signal. Bum, bum, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so um, dramatic. We just can't yeah. stand it. So we finally see the sleepy guy, and it's the fucking sheriff from True Blood, Chris Bauer. I saw him and I immediately paused and I was like, who is that? It looks like a knockoff Gary Oldman to me. But if, is that the guy? <laughs> Gary Oldman? Serious no, Black? The, no, the, no, um, fucking, oh God. I thought it was Paolo from Princess Diaries. The old guy. Yeah, that old guy? Yeah, the mm -hmm. one who plays Leo. Um, no, I just thought that oh, the guy who plays Leo, the character, yeah, I thought he looked like a knockoff Gary Oldman. Him, yeah, he looks like I a thought knockoff you meant, I thought Gary you Oldman. Guy. That guy does, yeah. Also, here's a funny story about Chris Bauer, who plays Ted, the schizophrenic ex doctor, yeah. Um, that actress, actor Chris Bauer, you know why he's on this episode? Why Lola Claudini, who plays L. Yeah. Was like, hey guys, I really want to work with this actor. Can you like make him guest on this show? And then, <laughs> no, even better than that. It gets better than that. So then they do and they hire him. Except Elle was not supposed to be on the train in this episode. And Lola said, excuse me, you put him on an episode and I'm not going to get to meet him? <laughs> so then they put Elle on the train. Who was originally supposed to be... I train. don't. I feel like no one. I feel like no FBI agent. Probably Elda's so little in that episode until the end. I yeah. feel like they just were like, sure, we can just like be on the train. Wow. Yeah. What? That she is was the like guy first. She was blood. like, yeah. she was like, please hire him. And then she was like, okay, so you hired him, but not in an episode where I can work with him. Like guys. And then they did it. Good for her, though. Honestly, yeah, Queen speaking up for what you want. Love that queen. for you, Queen. Queen. So. Um, Ted is paranoid. Mm-hmm. And the older guy is like, <laughs> Elle goes to read her files and she holds them up vertically so the guy can read Federal Bureau of Investigation. I was like, there has never been a person on a train who's like, I will read fully sitting up, back straight files open in front <laughs> of my face. Oh, God. Also, like, like okay. everything looks like it is about to fall out of the folder that she has it in if she holds it Because she's holding upright. it up right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's a folder. It's just so funny. <laughs> so funny. 
um, the train stops. The guard comes in and is like, don't worry, everything's fine, everything's fine. And he like sees, and she's like, what's going on? He sees the folder, he kneels down and he's like, someone jumped in front of the train. We got to wait here. Like, unfortunately, we have a procedure for this. Um, And then Ted straight up just like grabs the guy's gun and shoot him. And like, yeah, so the, the, the knockoff Gary Oldman, uh, Leo, who was sitting behind Ted, um, is like whispering in his ear, like, they're on to you. They're going to get you. It's Mm -hmm. not a coincidence that this FBI agent is on the train, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. Um, so he grabs the gun and, uh, shoots the guard and then steals Elle's gun as well. Fucking punches her in the face. He just clocks her in the cheek and takes her gun. And then he has two guns. (laughs) Now, now he's Johnny Two Guns. Johnny Two Guns? (laughs) What is that? That's what I call every character who has two Mm -hmm. guns because I think that would be a fun name for a character who has two guns. I just think Johnny Two Guns is fun. So this guy, he's Teddy Two Guns. Teddy Two Guns is good. That's the name of the episode. Teddy Two Guns. Yeah, I'm gonna write that shit down. Um. Write that shit down. (laughs) Did you just move your papers to do ASMR? while I I just like scrunched my papers up. (laughs) I wanted to do the thing where you like tap on a notebook and you're like, write that down. Write that down. And I was like, that's not audible to my microphone. I don't have so I had to around me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I wrote terrible green screen. Weird but nothing in this screen. episode is green screen. I think it's just all the weird lighting shit they had to do. Yeah. Because Criminal Minds, don't get me wrong, does have terrible green screen. They love a terrible green screen. They love a shitty green screen. But I think this episode they did okay because everything was real. Okay, so we go back to the BAU. We go back to the BAU. And so I really liked, other than how amazing she looked, I liked JJ's role in this episode. She was the one just giving them all of the info. Here's where the cops are. Here's what's happening. Here's why we're involved. And I really liked that she was um, the narrative like the exposition device. I like that a lot. That's what JJ should be used for. Yeah, and I think they I think they kind of figure it out from here on out a little bit. Mm-hmm. They kind of figure it out a little bit more. They just didn't they didn't figure it out early in the early yeah. enough. But she does I think she really shines when she's the one who gets to give them all the info. When she gets to yeah. be the fucking the quest giver of this video game. Like Let's she really does. I mean, that's what she fucking does. When no, you're think 100% about it. correct. You're, no, you're like, totally correct. JJ's just the question mark over her head. Exactly. You know, you, they, you walk up to her and she says, hi, I'm Jennifer Jarreau. We spoke on the phone. And then she gives the description of the episode. Yeah. So I'm glad that they, they used her for something in this episode and that it was that. Um, They're watching a live feed. So we need to talk about the live feed real quick um it's interesting yeah there's a couple of things about it that i noticed one is that sometimes it's like stop motion as if every like couple of seconds the image updates Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's fully live and then there's no indication they can hear anything until reed is in the train 
And I don't know if Reed is miked or if it's supposed to be from the live feed. Because it isn't until Reed gets in there that the people outside the train react to what's being said. Well, I don't think... that was unclear to me. I don't think... They kind of set it up as like a this is just video only. You can't hear anything. Yeah. But any inter any like reaction that they have is I think incidental to how Well, no, because when Reed is talking, Gideon keeps saying, like, stop pushing him, Reed. Don't push him, Reed. To like what Reed is saying. But so I, think, I wonder if Reed I think was that's just like more nice. of like a Gideon just knows that Reed is oh, continuing like to talk kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think it's because they can read they can read reads body language mm-hmm. better than they can read anybody else's because they know him that's their coworker, right yeah um because they do kind of a- interact with it more once reed gets on the train it would also make sense if he was wired but i don't they didn't mention that so i don't think he is um yeah. but, but i think sure, it's more of a case him. yeah i think it's just a case of like they actually understood his body language more than anybody else's that makes sense so they have they also never explain why they have a video feed on this random train in Texas. Do all trains just have like security camera video feeds? They fucking must. Because like, something. but this like they don't usually when they show security footage on on shows, they always have something that signifies that this is security footage, right? They have the yeah. little fucking time code in one corner and then like the date or whatever in the other but this one it's just like a regular video it's just a regular video you yeah. guys like what is up with that did they remove the overlay just ends- for the fbi <laughs> at both ends of the train so they get two views so it's like does every single train car on every single train have two views of the inside at all times live who's watching is- that or is this like, just a more secure train? Because I feel like most trains don't have armed guards that walk up and down them. I mean, it had one security. Like, does every train's got to have like a security person? On, one yeah, but I feel like they don't it. usually have guns, do they? Are we in, in the Wild in West? Texas? Still? In Texas. Okay, fair, fair. They're in Texas <laughs> on the way between like El Paso and Dallas. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair. Actually, we are in no, the wild, now that wild you mess. mention it, fair. Like, are they like dealing with train robbers? Are they dealing with uh, Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like dealing oh, with horses speeding past them yeah. with bandits on their back? Like what? So interesting. So I'm gonna mention it now, even though I didn't notice it until later. They do a thing in this episode where on when they're on the train, you can see Leo, the hallucination, but he's not on the video feed. Yeah. And I didn't notice that until one particular shot that was like he was standing right behind Ted. And mm-hmm. then it cuts to the video feed and he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, yeah, he wouldn't be, would he? And I, yeah. I thought I liked that. It's really And they nice. talked about that on the audio commentary. It's a really like clever. Yeah. It's clever. I like it. Yeah. So, okay. They also, though, I do want to say before we go any further, mm-hmm. they do use some really bad language to describe Ted. I was just about to say it's okay. time to dive into the problematic representation yeah. of Ted. <laughs> so trigger warning here, just like in general, because like this is just bad language that we have evolved yeah. past using. But again, yeah. this was 2005. Okay. So, so just wanted to say that up top. Yeah. So here's the thing. They call him psychotic a lot. And they call him... I, 
a psychotic. Like, that's the only thing that he yeah. is. They wrote down a psychotic with two guns. And I don't bad. like that. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Like, I feel like you can have a psychotic episode, but even now, we don't call them psychotic episodes. You know, I, I I don't think that's right anymore. You wouldn't say, oh, he had a psychotic break. You know, it's would you? Definitely not. I don't think that's the medical term anymore. Um, and even if it is, still sounds fucking gross. Uh, what I hate is that they they don't call him like a man with psychosis or a man with schizophrenia or a man with blank. Mm-hmm. They just call him a psychotic. Yeah, which sucks so and, bad. And everyone does it's pretty constant for a while here and then once they know his name they get a little bit better once they figure out he's a doctor they're like then it matters doctor yeah Yeah. dr ted like no shut the fuck up you spent a good first part of this episode just reducing this man to a psychotic but okay teddy two guns Yeah, I just didn't like that. Like, well, once again, Derek did the thing where he was like, why is this our case? Like, hey, Derek, what do you think your job is? Like, at some point, you just got to be like, I'm not the one choosing the cases. If if this case is being presented to me, there must be a reason, Derek. Like, Derek, no one's just like... like, second or third time he's done this, too. I don't understand it. Like, Like, I get that it's supposed to be, like, the... Um, opening for people to explain the case but why not just be like so what are we dealing with you know why do you have to every time someone is like we have a case here's the case and he's like yeah but why are we dealing with it and someone has to be like because it's our fucking job Derek Morgan I just like <laughs> Derek, this is what we do for a living Derek hey Derek he, he had some good moments that we'll talk about later in the episode but they're still trying to make him like the dick. the skeptic yeah and it's not working because Derek is a good guy He's so every time lovable. he says it's so lovable so kind and we see it later on um but they keep trying to make him a dick but every time he says something dickish I'm like ew Derek why are you being like <laughs> you this stop. Derek you're better than this <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> <laughs> like Derek, we're the parent better. of a of like a disheveled teenager, like you're better than this. I know you are. Derek Morgan would never disrespect JJ like that. He Derek literally Morgan, like all he like, does this early season is just like poke holes at everybody else. Yeah. All he does is like doubt other people this first like season. Derek is like, y'all are nerds for having this job while not realizing he too has this job. Like That's Derek Morgan in this season. He's like, if you have to be crazy to do this job, you guys are fucking losers. And I just want someone to be like, you know, you are also. You are also here, here, Derek, right? You know yeah, that, right? That's what it really like feels like. Like he just doesn't like, he thinks he's like better than them or like cooler than them. Um, which I mean, he, he is. But he is. No he's buff, like so he's cooler than them. That's okay. I can't wait until they drop that. By the time Emily shows up, they like drop that. But yeah, because you know Emily Prentice would have been like, "This is also your job, dumbass." <laughs> like... Emily Prentice. If Derek was like, "Why? Why do we have this case?" Emily would be like, "Derek, shut the fuck up. Go ahead, JJ." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why do we have this case? Well, because JJ 
gave it to us. Because JJ that's said the, we're doing it. That's her it. job, Derek. Hey, Derek, that's her job. <gasps> oh my God. I love that. I love that. Derek is like, so why is this case not a problem? And Emily's just like, because JJ fucking said it is, Derek. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody's like, because JJ said so. So we're doing it, Derek. Yeah. What more do you need, my man? So fucking funny. Um, okay. <laughs> so Hotch answers his terrible question with, there's a psychological aspect that we are familiar with. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, and then Reed points out the facial tics, which are, which are, um, he says, because of long-term antipsychotic medication gives you tics. Yeah. But like, there are other reasons people have tics. Yeah. I think he's, He's doing the boy genius thing where he just well, extrapolates I, to I, the ex- exact thing that it is. I think that they've like figured out that they know who like the doctor is. And I think yeah. they know that like he's like her patient. So I think that's how they're kind of like coming to that thing. But they also don't call him schizophrenic like ever. In they don't. This. I don't think that's what he is though is it well they just call him i think he's schizophrenic because in the audio uh, commentary they say like the whole point of having leo there was to show schizophrenia from the point of view of the schizophrenic okay so it's Um, kind of like what they do later with the with the three people in that one episode okay what remember that one episode where it's like the one guy who's haunted by like three people oh hankel no no, later, later, later. No it's the guy who got an exorcism as a child. Oh, demonology. No, not demonology. No, not demonology. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> fuck. The one episode. Jesus Christ. Give me a second. Criminal oh, Minds fucking- Wiki, don't fail me now. The way you can say things and I can name episodes that are like <laughs> the right answer, but also the wrong answer. But not the one that I'm looking for. This one is later. It's in. Give me a season. I don't know what season. It's the. You're seeing it real time, folks. That real time production work. We're looking it up. Um, We're figuring it out. We will name episodes. With friends like these in season six. Season six. It's the one where they think it's violence um committed by a gang but it's one guy who went off his schizophrenic medication and has like three delusions with him oh and he come on you don't remember this episode i'll be honest you don't um it's fine sorry it's just the one i think of because like it's so this is something criminal minds does this is something criminal minds does often when you see one of the people you will realize you you will remember the episode it's a bit confident of me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Criminal Minds Wiki. Yeah, it's this one. He was like bullied. Yeah. And they're they're being bullies now. Yeah, he like got a <laughs> he like got an exorcism at a young age and these people were there or something, and so whatever. Sorry. Well this is this is something Criminal Minds does again later. At least better. once a season or so. <laughs> like, At least once a season. They're like, what if we just did, like, ghosts? 
What if we did ghosts? Um, yeah, so so they're apparently like attempting to do that. I mean, I feel like in a way it 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 does kind of like validate Ted's delusions, you know, because for us, the audience can be tricked into thinking Leo is real too. Yeah. You know, so like we could someone could watch the episode. Like I did I didn't notice. I put down in my notes when I noticed it and I hadn't noticed yet that he wasn't like on the camera. Um Yeah. yeah so like the way that they do the um the uh what's the the way that they like pace the dialogue is so that Leo's never talking over anybody else or nobody else is ever talking over Leo. It's mm-hmm. always Leo talking over somebody else to Ted. And, and Ted doesn't talk to Leo until yeah Reed is there so like it's easy to think that he's just like some guy egging Leo on yeah um so I do kind of like though that it like does validate like he's not just like some guy standing there talking to nothing you know like we can see that he does have a reason like like I know Leo is fake but like there is something egging him on making the paranoia worse yeah we kind of like it's he's like the physical manifestation of that paranoia you know so i do like that aspect of it but like they keep calling him like psychosis and like so his backstory we find out later is that he was a doctor who wrote about m theory which is basically one step up from string theory which is the idea that we are all connected to each other um by like essentially it's like strings of fate and the idea that like there are multiple universes kind of um laid out uh, like on top of each other and the strings connect us all and yeah, that's how like, we kind of are like all made up of the same things they kind of describe it as like the unifying theory of everything which yeah. is There's a bonkers concept <laughs> yeah but i think about it as like you know when people talk about like the red string of fate yeah that like ties you to your soulmate like it's that kind of like idea but it's for like absolutely everything and then which is M- bonkers, yeah. Yeah. And then M theory is essentially the math that you would use to prove it, to demonstrate that it's real. Very I'll theoretical. be honest with you, James. I got a C in college algebra, and that was good enough for me. <laughs> oh, my God. So here's the thing. I'm not a math person at all. But I got very into metaphysics, like the secret, like that kind of shit. Okay, let me rephrase that. My mother got very into the secret, metaphysics, all that nonsense, and forced me to attend the classes she took in the evenings once a week. So I know a lot about that fucking shit. And string theory is essentially like, ooh, the dimensions and the universes. And sometimes my time moves faster or slower. And, and the energy you put out is the energy that you manifest the world around you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's math, so it's not dumb. That's string theory. So it goes so smart that it kind of circles back around to stupid, but in a smart way. It's like, it's like the science math people are like, I can't, nobody can know that I believe that we are connected by a universal spirituality. So I'm going to do like a bunch of math and be like, (laughs) no, no, guys, guys, it's not spirituality. It's science. It's science. And and I'm not not knocking the practice in any way. I think it's very interesting. 
imagine proving that like wow i'm knocking the like holier than i fucking red pillars who think that they're someone better than everybody else you know so anyway dr bauer was doing that yeah working on m theory and then i guess he must have hit his schizophrenia must have um developed or become um too much for him to deal with on his own so they said that he for the past nine years he's been in psychiatric treatment and like living in like a psychiatric facility that kind of thing and dr linda has written books on this she's like leading a new way to like cure psychosis and he's her like model patient and that's why she's taking him to this conference but they never like quite say what triggered him i think yeah it's or just like the, what the like chain. if he's the model patient yeah what happened because obviously yeah. she was secure enough in him to take him to a big conference to speak like that's yeah. a big thing in the medical world right i thought this was the episode where the guy had like a metal implant behind his ear that like was making him hear voices like I thought there was like a real reason that he was like hearing it especially when he was like bent over and like hearing that whine in his Mm -hmm. ears like they played it diegetically there you go and um I thought this was that episode where Reed was like oh there is another one it's here and they took it out but no they never explained like what caused this yeah they never go into why yeah he just like gets shot and they're like okay <laughs> back to the hospital i guess like anyway bye yeah like so, yeah i don't even know so they're sending in the office weird. it's weird i wish they had dived more into that like what is this treatment the doctor has been doing why does she think that he's cured why is he suddenly not has he always seen someone or does or is this a recent or is this thing? New, yeah. Like they just didn't explain it. They were just like, "This is the situation." Bye. Is and something about the train? What? That. Like, yeah. Is something about the train? What set him off? Like, yeah. What? It, it like really felt like they were just like anyone who has, I don't know, some sort of psychosis will inevitably become violent or cannot be cured or cannot live with it. You know, like they really made it like she was silly to even think yeah which sucks which sucks so which much. sucks so bad especially with how the episode ends um, yeah okay let's keep going so wait they're in the oh. office and mm-hmm. reed is like yeah it's because he's been on antipsychotics for so long that he's developed this severe like facial tick right and then gideon walks in and he's like what are we doing? Train, Texas. Okay, okay, okay. Here's a live feed. And then he's like, L. And then all of them for the first time in their lives see L Greenaway on that train clear as day. Even though she was just there. She was just she is, like, she was face there already. To the camera. Yeah. Like. It's weird. It's like, they just, like, nobody sees her until, (laughs) until 
Gideon says her name, and then all of a sudden they have seen her for the first time in their lives. It was just like a weird thing. It was yeah. just weird. So they all, the next time we catch up with them, they're all in one car. Like, they're going on the world's worst family road trip. This is where I was like, this green screen fucking sucks. It was not a green screen. Thomas Gibson was driving that car. Yeah. And they had cameras on it. Which, like, fine. I 100% was like, that's a shitty-ass green screen. I think it was just, like, the bright-ass light. I think you have to remember that this was shot on 35mm film and everything shot on 35mm kind of looks like a bad green screen anyway, um, even if it's not. That's true. That's fair. Uh, So they're all in one car, so it's like fucking... JJ sitting in the the middle middle. in the back seat made me laugh out loud. Like, okay, first off, in what world is Derek in the passenger seat instead of Gideon? Why is Gideon sitting in the back seat? (laughs) First of all. Second of all, you're telling me Reed's skinny ass didn't get put in the <laughs> middle seat? You're telling me Reed didn't get bullied into the middle seat? That is so unrealistic. I bet it's just so like, you know, she could, the people up front could hear her and the people in the back. But it was just like, why are all five of you? In, in one, one car. car they hardly ever do this. They always split it up into like two and three they or like three and three. never do this. But here they're all going on the world's worst family vacation. What would they have done if Elle was also there? They would have all squeezed four in the back seat. I believe in them. They can do it. JJ would have fully sat on Reed's lap. <laughs> Elle in the middle. No, I st- Reed in the middle. JJ sitting on Elle's lap. I was going to say, or Reed would have been sitting on somebody's lap because he's skinny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, God. JJ in the middle. Reed sitting on Elle's lap. <laughs> no. JJ in the middle, read on Gideon's lap. That's the one. That's, That's the, the one. ticket right That's there. <laughs> God. Woo. Um, anyway, they're all in the car. We learned that Teddy, Teddy Boy, won't negotiate. They tried. It didn't work. He will only speak to the higher authority. Um, and he gave them a three-hour timeline, and it's been two and a half hours. Can we talk about the fact? Flight is it from fucking DC to Texas? What's up? Can we talk about the fact that Gideon is like, when we get here, like turn on the fucking sirens, honk the horn. When we get there, get as close as you can to the barricade, and then we all sit there. Everything they do is a carefully constructed performance, and I love that they do this as like, we're gonna show him who's boss by not exiting the car right away. And then when they do, Gideon is like, don't look at the train. Ignore him. Don't look at him. The higher authority is not concerned about the loss of a few civilians. Don't even look at the train. So What a fucking buck wild thing that they do. Because they do this pretty often where they're like, we're going to act this way. It's It's just fucking bonkers. It's the same thing as when Gideon was like answering the phone call in Broken Mirror and was just like, Ignore, ignore. Hello, goodbye, ignore. Like, it was just like, Gideon, one day that's not going to work for you. It's just... Yeah. So fucking funny that they're just, like, theater kids with guns. They're just theater... I mean, Hotch literally met Haley in a 
performance of Pirates of Penzance in high school. They're just theater kids with guns. Just theater kids with I'm guns. I'm sorry to have to be the one to to tell y'all this, but so they're funny. just theater kids with guns. Um, yes. So Light Sirens on, they gotta be the authority. JJ giving the report as she should. As she do. Yeah. And then Dr. Linda, back on the train, is trying to calm him down. And Elle's like, what do you usually do when he's like this? And Dr. Linda says he's never had severe episodes. He's never been violent. He's like a perfect example of like relieving psychosis. And that's when Josh Josh is like, him? Josh in this episode exists to be a problem. He literally exists to be a problem. There's no need for him to be a problem like this. Yeah, there's no reason for it. I love it when characters exist to be problems when there's a reason for them to be problems. But this guy's just being a problem for the sake of being a problem. For the sake of the fact that he's drunk and this is the excuse that they're using for him. Fuck Josh. But he also wasn't like, he wasn't like acting drunk. But he was drinking. He was, they show him drinking once and then Gideon is like, well, that guy's drinking. But, like, he doesn't act, he's not, like, acting drunk. He's just, like, aggressive. Yeah. (laughs) I would rather he have been, like, a belligerent drunk. Instead of the whole thing where he's like, yeah, the government does listen to us. I'd rather if he had been, like, fuck this guy. I'm drunk and I don't give two shits if he's got a gun. Yeah. You know? Like, it's so weird. I just don't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right with my soul, you know? It doesn't sit right with me. With my soul. It does not sit Mm -hmm. right with me, deep in my soul. Yeah. And then the pregnant woman, Elaine, fully vomits. And And then then doesn't wipe her mouth or anything. No, it's a clean vomit, you know. You know how women vomit all clean. You know. You know how women do everything cleanly? Little delicate vomit. It's a little you, delicate woman vomit. You know what I realized a while ago, and now I it makes me cringe. Women only vomit on television when they're, if pregnant. they're pregnant. Yeah, it's like if a woman vomits on camera, you're like, oh, she's pregnant, and I yeah. hate that. Yeah, like there have like there can be other ways to tell us, or let women just kind of throw up because they're sick or something. You know, let women throw up for non baby reasons. In 2021, we are manifesting it. 2023. <laughs> One, only food poisoning vomits. <laughs> All, they are only allowed to vomit if they are feeling extremely unwell for non-baby-related reasons. Everything uh, else, y'all can suck it. Imagine a movie that's like a hostage situation and like the woman keeps like throwing up and she's like clutching her stomach and she keeps being like, I don't want to talk about it. It's not a big deal. So you like think she's pregnant and she's the only one who survives because like everyone thought she was pregnant. But in reality, she's like, She's just a stress throw-upper. Yeah, she's She's just just stressed. Just, just like, stressed. Just sick. (laughs) But she, like, survives purely because they're like, save the baby. And she keeps being like, what baby? And they're like, you don't have to deny it. And she's like, guys, what baby? I'm I'm a lesbian. What are you talking about? Like, (laughs) The end of the movie is her getting picked up by her wife. And she's like, like, everybody thought I was pregnant. Like, that's weird, right? Do you think I was bloated? Like... (laughs) I am, I am off my period. I just, like... <laughs> you know how I throw up when I get nervous and for no other reason ever? <laughs> oh, the irony is, like, she has, like, really bad, like, PMDD and throws up when she's close to her period. So her vomiting is actually being, like, I'm about to get my period, but everyone thinks she's pregnant. <laughs> and every time she tries to tell them no, they're, like, 
how long has it been since you've had a period? And she's like, I mean, a while. That's why I'm vomiting. And they're like, yeah, because you're pregnant. Like, <laughs> this is unnecessary. This is, this is all getting cut out of the podcast. By Good. The <laughs> this little fun side trick. Um, okay. A pregnant woman vomits. Oops, I wrote. Linda tries to talk <laughs> to her or talk to him. It doesn't work. The business guy. Okay, this is where we get our first reminder of Chekhov's gun. Yeah. And I think this is a very good idea. So he like opens the briefcase and he's like just enough for his hand to get in there, sliding in. And everyone is like, are you, do you have a gun? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, dude? And then he pulls out a Bible. Elle's just like, don't be stupid. And then he pulls out a Bible. Bible. And then Josh goes, what are you going to do? Throw it at him? Just so like, funny. let the man have his fucking Bible. He ain't bothering you none. Listen, that the man fuck, is Josh. thinks he's close to dying. Let him read his fucking Bible. Chill out, dude. He's also so sweaty. He probably couldn't even get a good grip on it to throw it if he tried. Uh, every page, you know how Bible pages are so thin? Every yeah. time he touches one, it just dissolves between his <laughs> sweaty, sweaty fingers. He pulls out his Bible. Oh, I was going to say, I think this is really clever because I thought this was them, like, subverting the checkup's gun. Like, I thought this was the moment where, like, instead he pulls out the Bible and you're like, oh, okay, he's not going to use that gun. Um, and then he ends up, does. And then, but when he does, it felt, felt like a surprise to me. Yeah, because, I, like, totally forgot about it because they were like, yeah. he also had a had a Bible in the briefcase. Right. You fucking fucks. You thought we were just going to check off you real early. And then you completely forget that he has a <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was such a great way of being at the beginning. Be like, he has a gun. He's going into the situation with a gun. And then he chooses, like, his Bible, which he never reads. I think that's just to be like, see, audience, he's choosing his Bible and not the gun. But then he's... later he does shoot the man. And yeah. you're like, so you're like he's whoa, 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 choosing... whoa. He's choosing to use the Bible, the path of, you know, the path of not raising the hand against the man who hits you. And then he shoots him later. And, and you're like, he well, indeed. he shoots him and he's like, I had to. And everyone's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're all uh, like, yeah, I guess. I guess. Sure. Um, if you really have to, I guess. I mean, like, sure, um, man. So anyway, he pulls out the Bible. Josh is drinking. So this is when the BAU gets out of the car. We are so early in this episode still, and we have been recording for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> we need to... We need to well, also, up. like, once we get here, though, it's pretty, like... It's pretty quick. Yeah, it's a pretty quick one. Yeah, so the BAU get out of the car. They ignore it. Um, Reed mentions, like, another serial killer, and we've seen him do this, like, every single episode now. He will mention another similar case. And I think they're trying to, like, add legitimacy to the show by being like, see, here's a real-life case where something like this happened. Um, yeah. And then every time they're like, shut the fuck up, Reed. Except this time it was very funny because he, like, mentions it. <clears throat> um, just kind of dying slowly. Um, That's fair. So they, they mention it. And Reed, the, the sheriff is like, oh, yeah, I saw the movie. And Reed's like, nah, the movie wasn't really accurate. And Derek goes, okay, I don't think a movie review is going to solve the case. Come on. And Reed's like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's just Which like a like, very fun. funny, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's more fun than the other times they've just told them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know. They can be very rude to him. But like in these early seasons, it's like, a, Reed, not now, later. Like, <laughs> Reed, we'll let you info dump when we're in the car again back home. <laughs> yeah. Ted has no demands beyond the higher authority. That's like all he fucking wants. Um, and then there's a one point where like it shows his point of view looking around the train and they put this weird like lens on it where like he has no like peripheral vision 
And I was just like, oh. Yeah, it's a weird, like, fish-eyed kind of effect. It's weird. I think it's to show that he's very, like, hyper-focused. Like, he's only seeing things that are directly in front of him. But yeah. it felt very, like, look at the psychotic man. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Um, And Gideon is saying, like, we have to play to his delusions, you know, act like we have secrets, that his paranoia is legit, because, like, he's going to play the um, higher authority, because, of course, he is. Yeah. Um, of course, the white man is the higher authority. Yeah. So then... um. He grabs the pregnant woman, and Elle is like, take me instead, take me instead. We see she's handcuffed. Um, but then Ted grabs the pregnant woman. And Josh, like, stands up like he's going to try and do something, but um, Ted just fucking punches him. Yeah, a lot of time. this episode is a lot of, like, Josh standing up, and then everybody being like, shut the fuck up, Josh, sit down. Yeah. And then, like, Josh sitting down again. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, That's just his purpose this episode. Just to stand up and then get punched to sit back down again. Yeah. So then uh, the pregnant woman calls and Ted is like, don't use any codes. And she's like, what? So (laughs) Gideon answers. And Ted's like, whisper. Ted is like whispering in her ear. Like, who is it? So that she can be like, who is this? such a dumb game of telephone that they play there yeah so Gideon's like being all like mysterious we can see that um Ted has a gun on the woman and I also wrote a little note to the side that says why is the negotiator wearing a bolo tie they're in Texas baby he's literally wearing one of those Texas ties and it like showed his face and the silver shiny buckle of his bolo tie and I literally was like Wow. We're in Texas. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> like, you really wanted to remind us we were in Texas, so you gave him a fucking bowl. He also has, like, one of those, like, mustaches that kind of, like, yeah. curls up. It's a very, yeah. like, yeehaw. Like, a professional yeehaw. He's yeah. a professional yeehaw man. He is a professional yeehaw man. He's but a professional he's, like, yeehaw man. He's, like, the FBI hostage negotiator. For, yeah, the Dallas area, yeah. For the Dallas area, and he's got his fucking bolo tie and mustache, and he's like, I tried talking to him, but he don't got any demands. <laughs> Can you do the rest of the episode in your Texas accent, please? I would greatly appreciate it if you would do the whole thing in your Texas accent. I think our viewers, our viewers, our listeners would really enjoy that. I think our listeners <laughs> would really enjoy that. I think they would actually really hate my fucking guts for that, but that's okay, because I do this for fun. <laughs> Y'all can hate on my accent all you'd like. That's okay with me. Y'all don't gotta listen. <laughs> okay, we should stop before we actually do drive people away from this podcast. But what a wild, like, second, ha- second, like, act two twist is we both just reveal we're actually, you thought we were from Miami and Iowa, but in fact, we're both, we're both from Texas, Texas baby. <laughs> well, actually, our normal voices, that's our accent. <laughs> Both of us do come. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. As, you know, gone. as soon as you think about it, it's gone. Yeah. It's just gone then. Yeah. That's like whenever I really want to talk in like a Southern accent, nothing happens. You just got to kind of draw it out a little bit. 
And then you just kind of got to like open your mouth more than you do. But that's just kind of because I come from Iowa where everything's very small and pinched in the in the mouth region. There's some sort like, of lesbian like joke in there somewhere. Are... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Small and pinched in the mouth region. <laughs> I hate that. Sorry. That is some kind of lesbian joke, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to make it, but I'm sure there is one. Okay, you I will stop from now. the Midwest. My, my accent does not sound like your accent. My accent, my Miami accent is like the most, my Miami accent is like the most Cuban thing you've ever heard <laughs> though. Like, okay, Gideon picks up the phone, right? And he's pretending to be the higher authority, which is like such a typical man thing to do. <laughs> That's my actual accent. That's how I, I mean, sound. On a my actual day. accent is... It kind of sounds like nothing because it's from a bunch of different states in the Midwest. Yeah. But if I do say like, bud, or like, don't you know? You're like, oh, you're from Minnesota. We got yeah. you then. If I say bud, then it's like, oh yeah, okay. We understand. And Sharon's favorite thing to do is surprise me because she surprises me and I go, I. <laughs> yeah. I don't often sound Hispanic, but when it comes out, it comes out. <laughs> bueno. Okay. Anyway, Gideon calls, he's pretending to be the higher authority, and he's like, we have to make him, oh, like, he has to ask, get the woman off the phone, let me talk to Teddy boy. So Gideon threatens him, and Ted is like, fine, I'll give you another hour. I want it removed, you have another hour. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, a, a reassessment of everyone's mental state. Harold, the sweaty guy, is convinced he's going to die. Dr. Linda's, like, sympathetic. Josh is, like, buying into the conspiracy theory. Um, and then Josh starts, like, antagonizing him. Like, Josh is like, I'm on your side. I believe you. The government is listening. Like, yes, dude, you're so right. But he manages to say it in, like, the snobbiest, rudest way possible. So the guy is like, are you fucking making fun of me? Like, Teddy boy. Poor, poor Teddy boy. Yeah. That's an app. Um, It's just like, like I said in this episode, Josh just exists to cause problems. Yeah. Like one hundo. Like, that's all he does. Yeah. And I hate that for him. Um, okay. 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 So Linda goes and like turns his arm out towards the camera to show the scars. But like, how does she know about the cameras? Like, none of them have acknowledged that there's cameras there. She does it like she's trying to like make sure he's okay and that he hasn't gotten a cut or anything, but yeah. they just so happen to frame it. In the just yeah, like it just so happens that way. she's like, whoop, look at that, look at the fucking like, hate that. Um, yeah, and that's when they realize that he thinks he has a microchip in his arm, and it's terrible. So Garcia calls back, and she's like, "This guy's Harold." That's all the information we get on him right away. Then it's like Josh. Oh no, they don't even say. Then there's like the young kid is a college dropout. Don't even give him a name. The pregnant woman is Eileen. Eileen, no, 
Elaine. Elaine from Adobe Wall, Texas, which is a historic town. Now it's kind of a ghost town, ranching town. But she oh. said it like she's from, get this, Adobe Wall, Adobe Wall in like Taranga, Texas, as if that like means Men- something never comes up again. I also have no idea what is what was significant about that place until you just said that. Yeah, there were two two battles between Native Americans and white people in Adobe Wall, the huh. town of Adobe Wall, and now it's a ghost town. Hmm. But she lives there, so interesting. I think they were really trying to like give her cult implications that she comes from like kind of like a Waco. Yeah, that's you kind know? of what I thought too when she said it because when she said it like Adobe Wall in whatever Texas, yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, should I know that name? Is, <laughs> is that going to come up again later?" And then it never does. No, that woman is the most interesting character on Criminal Minds, and they just were like, "Forget it." Um, they talk about Linda being a psychiatrist, and then she's like, "For a bonus, I got you the name of your unsub, and it's Doctor Breyer. He was a famous doctor." And then, like, um, then Derek is like, okay. And then we start looking at their pictures. And I was like, why couldn't she just give you all of the information? Why was it like, here's five details. Like, she doesn't even name everybody. But then they get to go around and also look it up. I was like, why? Why, I bet you they couldn't get Derek and... I bet you either they like didn't film Garcia's part yet so they didn't know if they would actually have it or mm. there was something with that because that just screams like there was some sort of scheduling conflict or something to me. Sure, sure. sure. But both the station or both like the room that the profilers are in and Garcia's room are filled on on the soundstage. Yeah, I just, I feel like there was some sort of, like, scheduling conflict that they had to work around, so they were like, well, let's just, instead of giving the two facts that we have about everyone right now, let's split it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let me find out that Harold is a paper goods salesman. He has no children, no retirement, and no investment portfolio. And then Gideon says he doesn't take chances. Which, like, okay. I feel like not taking chances would be saving for your retirement though. Yes. Like who is like, I care a lot about knowing that I'm going to be okay. So I'm not going to retire. Yeah. Like I don't have a retirement account because I'm a fucking poor person living in 2021. But I feel like if I was a paper goods salesman wearing a fancy suit everywhere, I would have a retirement account. I would have my Roth IRA or whatever it is. Yeah, like where the fuck is this money going? That's why I thought he was going to commit suicide was because he, like, has no money, no children, and his wife left him. He was going to, like, yeah, he cashed everything out. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he must have, like, done all that. You know, or the wife took everything in the divorce or something, you know? Yeah. Um, They do not expand. Then we get Josh, who's 20, who was expelled because he drunkenly drove into his university's library. (sighs) With, like, as far as... Getting expelled from school, you know, like, yeah. go out with a bang, dude. As long as you didn't hurt anybody. Sure, and he seemed fine. Yeah, um, he was okay. He was smiling and drinking. They were like, he got expelled for drunk driving into the library building, and Gideon goes, he's drinking right now. 
<laughs> he just knows it. Yeah, and I was like, that's not enough context, Gideon. They don't even, like, I feel like you could possibly, because of the live feeds they have on both sides of could the- Could see him drinking. Could see him drinking. But they, they don't, don't show us that, actually. Yeah. It was just that once. Yeah. It we was only just that see, one time. We only see Josh drink once, and it is after Gideon has said he's drinking in there. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Um, And then Elaine has no passport or credit card, and they're just kind of like, Okay. Linda and they don't go into that. They don't go into she that at all. Is fascinating. She is the she's the most fascinating person on this train. She's got the god. It's the gaudy cross necklace. Pregnant, but being like, I'm not marrying you. I'm getting an abortion. Lives in a ghost town. Has no passport or credit card. Like, who is this woman? What is your deal? I just want to know what your deal is. What if she'd, like, shown up, like, five seasons later as, like, a, a CIA undercover? Like, a something. Oh, my God. What a twist. That would have been so fucking cool. No, she shows up seven seasons later as a, a serial killer. Yeah. Um. And then, what was um, the other... They yeah, talk yeah. more about... Teddy about Dr. Teddy uh about Dr. Teddy two guns uh and (laughs) he they talk about how like he did like the M theory like the unifying theory of everything yeah Uh, also JJ they're like JJ walks in and is like yeah he did M theory I have no idea what that means and then just like like, moves on I was like good for you girl (laughs) yeah like pick your fucking battles when you work with Dr. Reed pick your fucking battles I'm not gonna try and explain that shit to him just like I don't know what the fuck it is he does he does science math anyway like she's like that's not my job (laughs) yeah exactly I just love it very much (laughs) above my pay grade yeah so then we learn that Dr. Linda is unmarried. She's from El Paso. She's a doctor. She's does has she's had several medical books. She lectures, including a lecture tonight on Dr. Breyer, aka Teddy Two Guns. Blah, blah, what blah, page blah. of your notes are we on now? Because we have four. been recording for an hour and a half. We're on four. Okay. A lot. To be fair, a lot of this is going to get cut out. Yeah. Um. And okay. So then we're back on the train. And the older man is like, Teddy, the authority is weakening you. Josh Josh tries to talk to him again. And it goes and, about as poorly as you expect. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I believe you, like microwaves. Like, don't you think they're listening all the time? Look at our cell phones, blah, blah, And like, then My dad like, had a tracker on the car. He said it was for theft, but it was so he could know where I was going. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. You drove drunk and crashed multiple cars. I know. I would fucking check your location, too. Um, Linda is like stop don't like antagonize him and then he yells sit down and they both sit down again I wrote Harold is agitated even sweatier he's so this man if you haven't watched this episode and you're just listening to us recap it number one we're not exaggerating weird way to weird way to consume this media but also number two we are not exaggerating this man is moist consistently There is sweat dripping off of his brow. Like, we're not kidding. Literal sweat droplets drip down his face. And it's not even like a goof or anything. He's just so sweaty. He's just full sweaty. He's just so sweaty. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then they go back to where the BAU is in the, like, negotiating office or whatever. They're planning on what to do. And they're like, Briar's organized. 
um, even though he's like not 100% in reality, he is like organized. Like as long as he's thinking rationally for him, you know, as long as he can like put things together, they're not going to be able to just like get an upper hand. So Reed suggests using magic to like fake cut out the chip. Yeah. This yeah. is our first Reed magic of the show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they said in the audio, audio commentary that they wanted to incorporate Matthew Gubler's magic. So they were like, this is a perfect time to have Reed do sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. So basically what he's going to do okay. is he's going to go in there, fake cut, mm -hmm. uh, like actually cut this guy's arm open, sleight of hand a microchip into his skin, and then pull it out so that he feels like something has happened yeah basically yeah so that's it and hotch is like i'm not sending you in and this is where the moment i was talking about with derek where like he gets up and he's like read okay teach me the magic i'll go in you don't you are not going in there you're not doing this um but then gideon is like send him in you know because <laughs> read is like read is like i've been practicing magic my entire life like we have 30 minutes like derek no offense you're not Derek, gonna you're going to be bad at this. Yeah, which is like, I mean, I don't think he's wrong. But anyway, read the like, yeah, I'm going to go in. So then um, they learn more about Breyer's work. He wrote like a ton of books and then he worked for the government for years. And they were like, okay, so that's where he got that paranoia. And then he's been institutionalized for nine years. Um. So they're like, okay, he like went crazy. They just like make it sound like he just like went crazy. And yeah. like now nothing is going to make him rational ever again. Like, I just don't like that. So then Dr. Linda back on the plane or Dr. Linda black. Oh my God. Dr. Uh -huh. Linda back on the train uh, is trying to talk to him. She's like using logic. The, uh, Leo is like, don't listen to her. And then she like turns into an angel and is like, we're not going to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. I want to kill you. That, the graphic transition from her just like standing here to, yeah. to like becoming an angel, becoming a glowing. Jesus figure is so fucking hilarious. So apparently they did it because you said it was filmed. They layered the plates on top of each other yeah to give it that look it's just yeah <laughs> it was not great yeah and then l l god bless is like you know what fine if you don't cooperate i'm gonna tell them to leave that chip in there until you die if you don't fucking do this you are never getting that chip out of you fuck you <laughs> like it's l. so funny that this is l's thing like she's just like just hates everyone. Actually, I will tell them to leave it in here. If yeah. you... Yeah. Like, if you fuck with me, I will leave that chip in there. So fucking funny. So Gideon calls back, and he's like, hey, we're sending in two technicians. And Teddy Boy is like, no, only one technician. And Gideon's like, well, the process, you know, it's difficult. And the guy's like, I don't give a fuck about your process. You're sending one person in. So Gideon's like, okay. So then they can only send Reed in. Um, and Gideon was like, well, we still have 20 minutes. And Ted is like, no, now, right now. I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. 
So Hodge like gets a chip out of a walkie-talkie. This is the funniest thing that made me laugh. I was like, this is the first time we see all of these classic Criminal Minds things in a row. So Reed's putting his vest on and Hodge says, Reed, do not take that vest off for any reason. (laughs) So fucking funny. And then um, they're like, don't look at Elle. Like, you know, there would be no reason for you to know your technician. Like, she's an agent. Like, there's no reason that you would, like, know her. Don't even look at her. Which is, like, I don't understand. He's looking at everybody else, though. It's like, yeah, it's like, don't. The guy already think... thinks they're all agents. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, Bonkers. Bonkers. And then Reed makes a joke about how, like, you know, in the 70s and 80s, the government, like, did put chips in people. And <laughs> and Derek is like, what? And he's like, like you said, I have to buy in. But and they like, just uh, never address that, ever. There are a number of times in Criminal Minds where they straight up are like, no, this conspiracy theory is real. <laughs> just and they just don't talk about it. I love it so much. <laughs> There's like, going like on? JJ pulling the Baker Act, or uh, the Baker Act, JJ pulling the Patriot Act, and then like they go to fucking Guantanamo Bay and you see how they're treating him. And then like the episode with fucking like um they're when they're in Aurora and the like black helicopters. Like there's so many times when the show says, Yeah, this is real stuff. But then they're always like, ha 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 ha, just kidding. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's so Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um there's like little hints that the show doesn't want to be a propaganda show. <laughs> For the most but they part. still are. They like, still, still are. are. You're still a propaganda show. Yeah. You can't just be like, uh, every no. now and then we criticize the government, but like for the most part, we're pro government. Yeah. Um. So like you got keeps- money from the government to make this show. You're still a propaganda show, no matter what conspiracy theories you talk about on it. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You're still accepting military funds. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so then Reed is like trying to do his magic trick, but he keeps fumbling. So the trick he's doing, right? It's like the chip is between his fingers, and then he like flicks it, and then it's in his palm, which is yeah. like great but like that's not what he then does on the train at all so like why does his like i get that like oh we're nervous he's gonna fumble whatever but like that he's not performing that trick so like why but like he that is kind of what he does on the well no it's not no he cuts and then he just kind of like digs around and eventually pulls it out so like why was this like hand flicking dropping thing like i get it like we're supposed to know he's nervous but at the same time it's like he doesn't do that though later. Don't question it. We don't question it. That's the one trick Matthew Greg Gubler can do. <laughs> he can do one magic trick and he will <laughs> he do, do it on screen. He can do one magic trick and that is what he will do on Criminal Minds, the television show. It's like when people put into their contracts that like they have to sing a song at least like once a season, you know? Yeah. He like has to do his magic trick. And then Reed, Gideon is like, you go in, you do it, you get out. Super quick, do not stay on that train. Just say that the higher authority has protocols. Yeah. Stuff like that. They'll they'll do it. They'll, and then they'll Reed, deal with it. Reed looks around and says, Can you do me a favor? And Hodge is like, Of course. And he says, Can at least one of you look like you're gonna see me again? And they're all like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no kid, you're dying in there. That's sorry about they're that. They're all like, like, we'll see you in a second. But no, you don't act like that. <laughs> my favorite part about this moment 
was I was waiting to see what JJ's face was going to look like. And then they cut to every single person except JJ. And I just like to imagine that JJ was like that maybe that face that was like, nah, dude, you're going to die in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's she like, has you zero faith like you... in him. Yeah. He's like, can you look like you're going to see me again? And she's just like, no, no, dude. Nah, <laughs> I'm man. Sorry. I'm a realist in this situation, baby. Oh, so they like did not show her face and it made me laugh. Um, Okay. Reed goes inside with this little ziplock. Ted grabs Eileen, puts a gun, uses her as a shield. Hotch goes over to like the Texas police and is like, get any shot you can. Bless you. Thank you. Get any shot you can. Um and then they all uh Leo is like, they're here, they're here, blah blah blah. Don't let him get close, blah blah. Ted makes Reed take the vest off. This is the first time of many when Reed will take his vest off. Reed will take his vest off if wind blows in the wrong direction towards him. Yeah. I swear to God. That boy is yeah. just waiting to get that thing off. Yeah. Which in this case, it makes sense because the guy is ordering him to. The biggest flaw of Criminal Minds is that they have Reed take his vest off like 10 times and never once does he get shot in the chest. And like, he's not even like, he's not even hot. He's not even the one that you want taking off layers oh don't say that they'll come for you the reed stands will materialize in your bedroom uh, <laughs> quick find you it's a no, 15 year old no. girl here's the thing though is i could reasonably do a spencer reed cosplay with everything i have in my closet right now and it would look pretty good actually yeah, yeah. i can i can do i admit right i could do a pretty good Spencer Reed cosplay because I have the same dorky, dorky hair and bad fashion sense. So, so I can funny. say he's not hot. That's fine. I'm also a lesbian. Don't fucking come for me. <laughs> oh my God. For real, for real, for real. I'm sorry to be bringing all this hate upon our podcast because I, a lesbian, say that a man isn't attractive, but you know, we'll live. All of a sudden, this episode is going to get like, thousands of viewers because somehow word will spread that you've insulted Reed. That's fine. I'll leave all this in then. That's how it works. Yeah, just leave all this in. in. I'll leave all this in just for just for the clout chasing, dude. <laughs> for your fucking clout chasing. Views are views, man. Um, okay. Reed takes off his vest. They sit across the aisle from each other. Elaine is sitting right next to this man's arm. When She's Reed, like on the ground. Yeah. When Reed fucking cuts his arm open, her face is like so goddamn close. To I the felt blood. so uncomfortable during that moment for her. Yes. I had to look away from the screen. I just, I yes. couldn't. I was like, it was girl. So bad. I was like, she was already so gonna have so many issues because of today. She's already like <laughs> throwing just... up. You don't gotta like cut someone's arm open in front of her. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Reed takes the chip out and Ted's like happy, but he won't let Reed leave. And then he's like, Turn it on. And Reed's like, hmm? <laughs> Reed, like, for once in his life, is speechless. Yeah. And then they're like, come on, Reed, get out of there. And JJ is like, no, something's wrong. Which I was like, yes, girl, profile. Profile. Yeah. And then Hotch is like, can we shoot him? And they say no, because it's going to take two shots. One to blow out the window and then one to shoot him. By then he'll be shooting. And so L like, realizes what's wrong and says, it'll only turn on if it's under your skin if it's and in Reed's your body like, yeah reads like yeah yeah it's powered by like the electrical neurons in your body um oh i made a note that gideon is like 
great. Now we have two agents in the train. And I was like, yeah, and what about the five other fucking people, Gideon? He like literally only cares about these agents. You would think having more agents in the train would be a good thing. Yeah, but one is Reed. I mean, yes, but (laughs) this is Teddy Two Guns we're talking about. If Reed sure. could get Elfrey, I think she could probably kick his ass pretty easy. But that's easy. what ends up, I mean, that is what ends up happening, right? So Gideon calls, Ted doesn't answer. The um, phone just rings forever and ever and ever. So uncomfortable. And then yeah. he shoots it. <laughs> yeah, well, before he shoots it, Josh is now, like, ad- agitating him again. And Leo keeps being like, this is the agent that's trying to play the hero. Like, here we go, here we go. And then the t- Linda's trying to stop Josh talking and the phone is ringing and Josh is screaming and Leo's talking and Ted like snaps and ends up shooting Linda. Reed immediately goes to help. Uh, and then Ted answers the phone and is like, it all ends today. I'm done. No more of this. It ends now. And Gideon is like, well, fuck. He decided on an end game. Kills himself. He's going to kill himself. At- Great. And the hostages. And then, okay, here we go. Here we go. I wanted to talk about this so bad. Elle does the exact thing that Emily does later. Elle says, I am the only agent in here. I am the one you should be focusing on. Which is the exact same thing that Emily does later in Minimal Loss. When it's her and Reed and the guy's like, which one of you is the agent? And Emily says, it's me. I'm the agent. Take me. And both times, Reed is just like, you fucking kidding me? Like... Chef's kiss. I know we don't do chef's a video kiss. version of this podcast, but I have been chef's kissing for the last 30 seconds. Just chef's nah, kiss. Nah, chef's kiss. Um, but I wrote that down and I was like, oh, Reed's going to get some trauma from that when Emily does it. Like, that makes sense why he's so like, not again. Um, <laughs> it's like, please, God, not again. Yeah. So then, but nothing comes of it. He won't take out. Ted shoots the phone. Gideon's like, all right, time to send people in. I don't give a fuck. Like, let's do it. Um... Ted's like finally talking directly to Leo and he can like, this is when he can like hear the chip and it's like that buzzing noise. And we learn that Leo's name is Leo and Reed like realizes what's happening. And now he's starting to Reed is like going to make Ted doubt Leo. He's like, Leo's just trying to control you. Like he's just another person trying to control you. Don't let him do that. And he keeps being like, Leo, stop it. And it like just so happens that like, Leo's dialogue and Reed's dialogue fits in such a way that it looks like Reed is talking. Like they, like you said before, it never overlaps. So it's yeah. believable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Reed starts talking. Um, Reed starts talking about the voices that you hear since childhood. Um, he's like, you already have the tools to beat this. It's your mind. Like, you have to believe, I have to believe that, like, these voices have a purpose. And, like, you've always been different and you've always been smarter because of the voices and, like, all that kind of stuff. And, like, Gideon's, like, starting to go in. And L tackles Teddy and reads, like, helping. And then you hear a gunshot go off from outside the train. And then it cuts to, like, Gideon running in and fucking Harold McSweaty Pants has his gun out. Yeah. And then Linda's going to be fine. Teddy's going to be fine. Elle is like, do I got to go to the hospital? And Gideon's like, it's protocol. And she's like, okay, dad. Again. And Gideon says, hey, um, never fucking call me dad again. 
you know. You can clearly tell that she's saying it as like a goof, but he's like, oh, yeah. don't you dare fucking ever call me that again. Like, what the fuck? Like, fucking dare you. <laughs> um, and then except- he walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, how do you think he'd react if I call the mom? Someone's just like, let me know when you do so I can be anywhere else in the world. <laughs> I can see what they were trying to kind of do like a flirtation ship between those two. I didn't like this though, because like, it's so close to the JJ date. Like, it's been, what, five episodes? Yeah. It really feels like they're just kind of, like, trying to get him into a relationship. They're like, quick, throw this twink at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just, like, they really treat Reed like he's the hottie of the show. <laughs> As if Derek fucking Morgan isn't right there. As like, if why any is- of the women aren't right there. Well, also that. But it's like the like who's the guy that's gonna the one all the girls are gonna fall in love with? Oh yeah, it's gonna be this like twink ass fucking Reed. So let's get all these women that are way out of his league to be interested in dating him. Um, no, Derek is right there. The other thing too is like, I will admit, I'm gonna say this right. Okay. I dress like Spencer Reed on a good day, right? Yes, but you're lesbian, so it's okay. Exactly that. But also, like, later on in, like, seasons, like, four, five, six, seven, like, he gets, like, a good fun fashion going that I really yeah. like. Like, I, like his I too, like, I would do that. I would wear that, too. Yes. This early season, so they are deliberately no. dressing him to be unattractive. And they're like, yes, this is it. This is our hot stud. Like, the in what world? beauty. <laughs> in what world do you want him like do you want him to be the hot one or do you not want him to be the hot one because you could probably you can't have it with- both yeah exactly like if you wanted him to be the hot one your wardrobe department didn't get that message they didn't yeah, get the message i feel like they're treating him like he's matthew greg Gubler, who's like an actual model you know but it's like if you want that then do that don't make him the nerdy one that no one likes and no one listens to and everyone thinks is like a little baby boy and then also have him be the like main love interest of the show. Yeah, it's just like consistency. Do you want him to be the hot one? Do you not want him to be the hot one? Tell us. Especially because Derek like was set up to be the like flirty, sexy player and then they do nothing with it for a long time. Like right now it's literally only Garcia flirting with him. And like, here's the thing. If you would have made the main relationship of the show, Garcia and Morgan, I would have been there for it the whole fucking time. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The way that they didn't is so, mm, but I have feelings about that. We'll get to that later. It's the racism. It's the fat phobia. Yeah, literally it's the fat phobia of it all. But like, if they had wanted to make Derek the playboy, they could have set him up with Garcia early. And they, they kind of like did. But then they're like, no, our yeah. hot boy, our hot boy is Reed. Your hot boy's not Reed. Your hot boy wears shirts that are three sizes too big for him. He could look, oh. he could rock the preppy look if he was in shirts that fit well. Now I get this was yeah. during a time of Matthew's life where he like was very underweight, right? But you're could already- still dress him well. You could still like- put him in a small you could still tailor it a little bit yeah like if you literally like if you made the sleeves a little tighter to his arms he would have been 
there, I've, I've fixed your twink. I fixed your twink. If you, if you tailor oh his God. sleeves in a little bit more, like it's like simple shit like that. Like they can't decide if they want him to be the hot boy or not. They don't, they just don't. And it's so fucking aggravating. It's so wild. Yeah. I just like, we could have gotten some like Derek L hot girl, hot boy shit. Um, we could have gotten Derek, a Penelope actually flirting. What about, where's my Derek JJ? Like, I don't know why this works, but it does moment. Where's my Derek JJ? Like, where's my jock solidarity here? Like, <laughs> jock, jock. Jock. <laughs> it's because, it's because JJ is not a jock yet. But she'll get there. She'll get there in like fucking yeah. season three or whatever. She, like, she starts she to get She becomes a jock like next season. She becomes a jock. Yeah, literally. But not yet. So, like, where's my jock for jock? Jock for jock. <laughs> like, I, I just don't. Yeah, and it's like Gideon has no. See, the thing, here's one of the weird things about Coming to Mind Studio is like, it's not a show that focuses on romance, but at the same time, they try like, so hard. Like, Penelope has Kevin for the longest time, and then like JJ meets Will, and Hotch has Haley, and then. Beth and Rossi has his thing with his wives. Derek has Savannah. Like, there's a lot of romance in the show. It's just like none of it is like the romance anyone wants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just so. <sighs> like, they keep saying that they don't want romance in this. Sh- like, this is not a romance show. But then they keep yeah. making very weird romantic moments appear out of thin air. Yeah. It's like, okay, so like, do you want the romance? I, you know, what's interesting is like when, when we talked about like the jeed of it all before, mm-hmm. I was saying that like if they had gotten together in season one, I could like ship it. But like, I don't anymore because JJ has absolutely, they have absolutely nothing in common. JJ has no interest in science or math. We, Spencer doesn't fucking know what Twilight is. Like they have nothing in common. They would never have worked as a couple. The show just literally went, yeah, they're the youngest and JJ's skinny and Penelope is fat. So Reed has to go on a date with with fucking Yeah, it's really like, it's just so, they never stuck to one Reed relationship enough for it to like actually make sense. So them throwing him with JJ in fucking episode two or three or whatever, and then fucking l3 episodes later i'm just like if you would have stuck with one of these two things yeah i would have been there for it actually yeah like if you had stuck with reed and l i think that would have been fun even though obviously she reads as a gigantic fucking lesbian yeah she would have read less like a (laughs) she would have read more like a furious bisexual if they had actually done the thing with reed and i would have been there for that too she even gets a bye bob later (laughs) she really does What's her whole deal? Like she can't be straight, right? Can no. we do you think we could get <laughs> reasonably? Let me message Lola Gladini. On yeah, Instagram. I was like, do you think we could get Lola Gladini on this show just for like five minutes to be like, okay, so did you play her like a lesbian? Was that your intention? And then that she'll say so yes or no. I'm gonna be like, okay, cool. Thank you for coming on Wheels of the Podcast. And then that's the so only question for you. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> No, do you reasonably think we could get Lola Glaudini on this podcast? Damn, what if I miss this turn Instagram right now? So what do you rank this episode? Like, scale of 1 to 10, what do you rank in this bad boy? I'll give it like an 8. 
given name. Okay, we've gone on a really good streak here with the last three episodes. I'm also, I think, going to give this one an eight. Yeah. Um, it's been like a good little, a good time here. They find their stride. They really. It took them a while, and it yeah. took them. It took them five bad episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um. They don't say derailed. They don't say the name of the pod. Do they? No, they don't. That's sad. They don't and say they wheels don't up. Say wheels up either because they're only driving. Yeah. Next week, James, we have a real treat. Next time, not next week. Yeah. Next time, this is a bi-weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. Next time on Wheels Up, we're going to be talking about episode one ten, "The Popular Kids." Satanists. Is this the Satanist one? Yeah. Fuck yeah, is- dude. The BAU team investigates the death of a teenage quarterback and the disappearance of his cheerleader girlfriend, which may be the work of Satanists. Oh boy, they really dive into the warp, the the work that Satanism does on, or that like the damage it did to to psychology early yeah. and often in this show. I think, yeah. which is which I'm excited for. Yeah, that's gonna be next time on Wheels Up. Until then, y'all can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wheels Up Pod, uh, and. We are on every single podcast platform known to man. We would really love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and rated us five stars. Because I want to chart in a country. I just think it'd be neat. Please. I want to be the top podcast in some in some country. I don't care which country. I just want. I, I just think it'd be neat. James, do you do you have an ending quote for for us? I do. I do. Um. Oh, qu'est-ce que c'est, hottie? James. Exactly. Uh-huh. You hear me sigh loud enough, audience? Can, do I need to do another take for, for sighing? <sighs> Listen, <laughs> I feel like we're just going to end every fucking episode of this with a, a Garcia quote or a quote where someone gets called daddy. That's the trend. That's Unfortunately, might be true. <laughs> <laughs>